Hello, my friend, and welcome to Wisdom Trek. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your guide to wisdom and creating a living legacy. Thank you for joining us for our five-day-per-week wisdom and legacy-building podcast. This is day 861 of our trek, and it is Wisdom Wednesday. The past several months on Wednesdays, we have been focusing on interpreting current events through a biblical worldview. To establish a biblical worldview, it is important that you have a proper understanding of God's Word. Especially in our Western cultures, we do not fully understand the scriptures from the mindset and cultures of the authors. In order to help all of us to have a better understanding of God's Word, we are investing the next several months on Wednesdays reviewing a series of essays from one of today's most prominent Hebrew scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser, and he has compiled a book titled, I Dare You Not to Bore Me with the Bible. We are broadcasting from our studios at the Big House in Marietta, Ohio. To be in a good relationship with others, we must be willing to forgive them when they wrong us and fall short of our expectations of them. Forgiveness is essential to maintain a healthy mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual life. In today's essay, we will explore the purpose of the Old Testament for the sin offering and if it actually provided forgiveness. So today's essay is Sin Offering versus Forgiveness. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4 proclaims, For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. But Leviticus seems to tell us a different story. Even a casual reading of the book, we notice that Israelites who bring proper sacrifices will be forgiven. One example of this is Leviticus chapter 4 verse 20, which reads, Just as he does with the bull offering as a sin offering for the high priest, Through this process, the priest will purify the people, making them right with the Lord, and they will be forgiven. Have we reached an impasse, or are there contradictions in God's Word? Rather than labeling this a contradiction, we might examine our own perceptions of the Old Testament sacrifices, specifically the sin offering. Sin offering is translated from the Hebrew term chata'ati, which has a basic meaning of to miss the mark or to fall short. In using a traditional, familiar rendering, many English Bible translations causes us to misunderstand this sacrifice. So what is the goal of the sin offering? The label, sin offering, assumes that the goal of the sacrifice was forgiveness for the moral failures or violations or sins as we think of them. Leviticus reveals this is not the case. The sin offering was used in cases where people suffered from bodily discharge in Leviticus chapter 15 at the dedication of a new altar in Leviticus chapter 8, or when a Nazarite completes a vow of abstinence in Leviticus 12. The real goal of the sin offering was ritual purification. It was designed to guard sacred space or territory sanctified by God's presence from the infection by impurity. By definition, every person or object falls short of the divine perfection and must, therefore, be ritually marked as acceptable for holy ground. The sin offering is better rendered as the purification offering and was therefore applied to people or inanimate objects to mark them acceptable before God. These people or objects were not unacceptable because they had done evil, but because they were imperfect. Instead, they fell short of the holy perfection that God's presence requires. The ritual reinforced the idea of complete otherness of God. Depending on the individual status in the community, whether a priest or a commoner, the blood of the offering was used either outside or inside the sanctuary. This signified the priest's undeserved but now acceptable access to the holy ground of the sanctuary area. 
On the Day of Atonement, which is listed in Leviticus chapter 16, the blood of the sin offering was brought before the mercy seat, which was the golden cover of the Ark of the Covenant, and this was housed within the Holy of Holies. Not because the high priest had committed worse sins than anyone else, because he needed closer access to the divine presence on that day. The sin offering was about the purification for access to God. But what about forgiveness? If the sin offering of the Old Testament didn't purge people of moral guilt, what is this about the forgiven language that's listed here? What happened when the people did evil? The verb translated forgive, which is salak, essentially means to be positively deposed toward. In the context of purification, God now approves of the person or object entering his presence. While the verb may be used elsewhere to address moral guilt, such as Psalm chapter 25, verse 11, which reads, For the honor of your name, O Lord, forgive my many, many sins. But when it comes to the Levitical sacrifice itself, the point was not absolution, but acceptability for entering God's presence. Intentional violations of the moral law of God fell into two broad categories and were dealt with accordingly. Those for which there was no remedy, resulting in capital punishment, and those for which restitution was required. For the latter, the Old Testament law called for reparations to victims to restore the offender. In this context, the words of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4 are right on target. Old Testament sacrifices could not be used to provide release from spiritual or moral guilt. They merely allowed people to participate in a temporary and ultimately inadequate system while teaching them about God's nature. Only Jesus' sacrifice could solve the real problem of our moral guilt before a holy God. Well, that will conclude our essay for today. Next Wisdom Wednesday, we will continue to look at Dr. Heiser's next essay, which is titled, There is a Devil in the Details. I believe you'll find this another interesting topic to consider as we build our biblical worldview. Tomorrow we will continue with our three-minute wisdom nugget, which will provide you just a bit of cheer as we switch up our format on our Thursday podcast, and it will allow you to grow healthier, wealthier, and wiser each day. So encourage your friends and family to join us, and then come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. That will finish our trek for today. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 860 treks or read the Wisdom Journal, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. And I would encourage you to subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Google Play so that each day's trek will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow.